The following podcast contains adult content. It is not suitable for minors, professional settings, or the faint of heart. Foreplay Goes South is open mic storytelling. Hosted monthly by Metanoia, attendees share their intimate, sultry, salacious tales. The stories you're about to hear are recorded live at Petra's in the historic Plaza Midwood, Charlotte, North Carolina. In this bonus episode, our storytellers explore their orgasms in all their varied origins and forms. I've come from my pussy, my ass, I've come from my clit play, I've come from nipple play, all kinds of fun stuff, right? Never until last year had I come from just a kiss. Pretty epic kiss, right? So I go on a first date, the super introverted guy. I'm like, okay, he's nice. My little ENFP self just like pulls it right out. So we talk, we're talking, go out to the parking lot, like, okay, we're gonna have a nice, like, little chat out here, we're not done talking. So he kind of like makes the move and does like a little little pet kiss. I'm like, oh, that's nice, okay, like, we're gonna talk some more. Then all of a sudden, we're making out outside of the Thai restaurant. Yes. I'm like, okay, good make out stuff, everything's great. Then all of a sudden, this man, I don't know exactly what he did, had to do something with some teeth and some upper lip and like yanking upward. And all of a sudden, I don't know what's going on. My body's clenching up. I'm like, Ugh. like coming right here in the parking lot up against the car. I'm like, what the hell was that? He was like, did you just come? Yeah, yeah, I did. Craziest thing ever. So I'm like, that that that's never happened. Is this? Do you like orgasm girls? Like kissing them all the time? He's like. That, that's a new one for me too, but that's the one in the books, right? <laughs> so I'm like so out of it, like I can't even drive yet. He's like, you need to wait a minute. Like I'm all floaty, happy, like you should just, think I've been tied up or something. So we go about a week later, right? We're gonna have our second date. We meet at a park. We're all about this public place, right? So we meet at a park. And I'm like, you know, we should probably try this again, you know, for science. Because one time's a fluke, right? It just happens. Two times, that's science, that's science right? That, that's like a marketable thing here, right? So we're out here on the park. And he is kind of curious about the lifestyle, interested in things. And um, so I had been talking to him about pressure points, which are fun little things, right? Um, and there's this great one right in here, five. So we're out on a bridge. And we're kissing and stuff again, and he does his little happy mouth kiss, grab me by the lip trick, at the same time that he slams right into this pressure point. Ooh. On purpose? On purpose, yeah. I had shown him the fun thing. So I don't just come. I'm like, guys, <laughs> ah! he could feel <laughs> that spot right there, along with the nice little miss. He could feel me threw his jeans on his leg. I was like, what the hell just happened? 
So I'm like two times. Two times is this is this is something, right? right. Now, go a few months later. We you know, haven't really had like the super crazy kiss moment again. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I uh, we, we've had some time, and I decide to cock nap him, and that's a whole other story. But so um, in the middle of the cock napping, we make it into the living room. What is cock napping? What is cock napping? I, I just decided I needed to get late, so I kind of conned him in with naked hot tub pictures and went and oh. Oh, yeah. kidnapped him into my car to come fuck the chef. <laughs> um, so, um, so we're in the living room and wham bam, thank you ma'am, another orgasm kiss. Problem, I wasn't wearing underwear that time. <laughs> so there was a little bit of cleanup on aisle three, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but three times a charm, I was like, you need to like start classes, because how many men out here know how to orgasm a girl from a kiss? Well, not on the lips. <laughs> <laughs> but that is my orgasm kiss story. Thank you very much. That was Tabitha conducting core-shaking experiments, you know, for science. Up next, Abby Rose discovers a new source for arousal. The story I told when I first came to Fort Plago South is the story I'm going to tell now. Um, I know there's a lot of new people who probably haven't heard it, so... Um, so I figured it would be appropriate since we're kind of like rebooting. Right? So, um, so this is a story, I was probably about 15, and one of my first memories of being kinky, if you want to call it that. So um, when I was 15, my mom, I was, I was the youngest of five. So my parents would go and do a lot of traveling and they trusted me to stay home because I was very responsible. <laughs> oh boy, they didn't know things. But anyway, um, so I would have time you know, in the house. And um, one of my brothers had like these little toy handcuffs, you know, like a big key for it. And, and they always intrigued me. So I was like, all right, well let me, um, you know, so I'm home one day alone and I want to like, well, let me play with these. Let me figure out, you know, they were just, it looked exciting to me. I was kind of aroused by them. So it was early in the day. It was probably a Saturday. And, uh, you know, I'm still still in my nightgown. And I'm like, okay. So I put the handcuffs on. I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. And I'm like, but I can walk around. So I take them off. And I look around. I'm like, oh, you know, my bed. My bed. It's a, it's a twin bed, but it has a headboard. And headboard's mostly solid, except for the ends that have a little... Um, slot in a, in a post. So it wasn't very difficult for me to stick my arm in there and stick my arm around the other side and, and get my cuffs on. Now, I'm, I'm nobody's fool. I make sure the key's within reach. So, so I put the key on my dresser, which is right next to my bed, and I can actually easily bend my arm through and grab it. So it's not a big deal. But I put it in there, and, and now I'm you know, handcuffed to the bed. And now I'm really excited, right? I'm getting really aroused by this because, you know, restraint. And, um, and I'm, I'm able to, you know, grind myself into an orgasm. Yeah. You know, and it's very exciting for me because, you know, 
you don't orgasm, well, maybe I did orgasm quite a bit, but anyway, it, it was <laughs> not in this way, so it was very exciting. And, and, when, and it would continue for quite a bit until I got tired, I'm like, all right, enough of this. So I reach my arm around and I go grab the key and I go pull it off the dresser and lo and behold, it decides it wants to fall off the dresser onto the floor. So, uh, so I'm like, uh-oh. And I'm thinking, well, what do I do now? So I, I can't reach down with my arm. So you know, I try with my feet and I'm trying to grab it with my feet, trying to grab it with my toes and somehow I managed to slide it under the bed. I'm like, all right, now there's a problem. So now I'm like trying to test the wood on the, on, the, on the headboard, and it was thick. It was probably, you know, like a two inch by two inch square side piece that was around. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not breaking through that. Um, maybe now, but no. Um, so, so now the fear starts to set in, okay? And for those of you in the lifestyle, you know what fear can do to you. Okay, especially when appropriately applied. So, um, so I get aroused. <laughs> and, and sure enough, you know, out comes another orgasm or two. Um, it, it, was, it was very arousing. And every time I get tired and try to struggle and get the key, it would kind of repeat the cycle. <laughs> I realized at some point, because I still had my brother living in the house, um, at some point, he might end up coming home, and, and then I'm really screwed because you know, then someone's going to catch me being tied to my own bed. Um, but I consider myself a little clever, so on my dresser is also a bobby pin. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can use the bobby pin. You know, so I reach around, I grab the bobby pin, being very careful this time not to drop it on the floor. And, uh, and I take him like, okay, so how do I use this? So I open it up and I fumble around in the lock and it's not doing anything for me. I can't get it and I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting angry. I'm getting scared. There's the fear again. And sure enough, the fear again starts getting me aroused. And, uh, and of course, I go through the cycle again. Ultimately, I did manage to use that bobby pin to unlock those handcuffs. I learned two things that day. One is I learned that restraint really turns me on. Yes. Really does. And I learned how to big rocks. In this next story, the Sky Princess tallies her myriad climactic memories. like chronological order of my orgasms. I'm like sixth grade. You have that girlfriend that's like, you need to explore your clint. I'm like, what? And she goes, it's okay, don't be shy. And so she showed me how to do it by humping the edge of a bed. So my first orgasm was me actually humping a bed. Just like actually rubbing up against bed. So that's like orgasm numero uno. <laughs> Anyways, fast forward, I'm 16, and this kind of goes back to whoever was telling the story about uh, getting off on like just kissing. Yeah. So this guy I met offline, I'm in his trailer in the trailer park. 
whatever. He's like making out with my neck, and I'm like, what is, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and he goes, did you? And I said, no. That was my second. <laughs> anyway, fast forward, college was like, whatever. Like, people went down on me, I was a slut, it's fine, it's whatever. Nothing really memorable happened in college except a lot of just not fun stories. So let's fast forward to now. I'm like almost 35. And I have joined the lifestyle in the last couple of months. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I had a partner that um, I was having all sorts of orgasms with that I didn't know existed. You know the ones you read about in those spiritual books that's like, I mean, you can have a cervical orgasm if you touch your third eye. <laughs> well, it fucking happened. <laughs> so he's like, fucking me. I'm like, I don't even know how to describe this. Like, missionary, but I'm like, propped up, and he's like, all up in me. But he's like, rubbing up against me, and I'm like, what is this feeling? And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh my god, am I about to squirt? And then I just, boom. I was like, ah! And I start crying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I guess that's a cervical orgasm. And then I was like, do it again. <laughs> and it happened back to back. And it was like really, really, really intense. And I was physically crying. And I was like, just give me a moment. I need some aftercare. <laughs> it was really beautiful, though. Like, those things exist. Cervical orgasms exist. Try it. You just have to be super duper comfortable with the person and trust them and power through that pain of what the fuck is this feeling and then and all this like trauma i'm getting a little deep here but all this trauma that has fucked with you in your past just comes out and it's like this energetic shit and it's like <laughs> and then, oh, nice. okay okay so we got that one and so then i've like doodled my ass just a little bit here and there but like it's scary <laughs> I uh, was about to have like vaginal sex, and then I like accidentally went, oops. <laughs> and this person looks at me and is like, yeah. I was like, oh my god, it has a different scent. I screwed it. 
This episode of Four Play Goes South podcast was recorded and produced by event host and podcast creator Metanoia. These stories are recorded live every third Tuesday of the month at Petra's in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can catch our next live event on September 21st. For more information about Foreplay Goes South, follow us on Foreplay GS on Facebook, FetLife, Instagram, and Twitter.